This is definitely, I mean, definitely good because we also didn't win 2019 FCX, so we're, we're bringing it home and we love that. Oh, it feels really good to be back. Uh, this is the first time I've actually played in one of these championship games, so uh, definitely, definitely fun to make my part in history and um, we'll see what we can do two weeks from now. So. The speech to the guys afterwards was just to tell them I love them and, and I care about them deeply and you know we still have a state tournament and we gotta you know refocus tomorrow and, and kind of learn from today and, and kind of flush it and move on right we can't let this kind of drag us down as we head into states we were rolling really well at the end of the season into playoffs and we got to get that going again tomorrow um, so when we play on, on Wednesday we're ready to go. They get stuck playing Ridgefield in the uh, round of 16 so and then it's a cakewalk for whoever wins that game to the finals. Our half of the bracket is a typical CIEC you know, uh, seeding problem. You know, you got top 10 teams and they're all, you know, majority of them are in the other half. What's so, the answer for that? A seeding committee or power ratings, you know, strength of schedule. But, you know, I'm too old to fight the state. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Long Stick Podcast. Your, <laughs> I always get this wrong, your bi-weekly, or what's what's two weeks, Mike? Bi-weekly, yeah. Yeah, every two-week, bi-weekly, boys lacrosse podcast. We've been a little sporadic with the boys and girls lacrosse podcast this year. Um, we got to keep pace with high and tight, but it's been really busy and welcome to the show. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and with me is our two lacrosse writers from Game Time CT, Michael Fornabio, the boys, and Dave Stewart with the girls. Gentlemen, how are you? Welcome to the postseason edition of the Longstick Podcast. Good to be here, Sean. Do, doing well. You know, we're, we're, we're into it now. Yeah, we are into it. At the top of the show, you heard a little bit of from this a little bit from the scenes of the FCAC. Boys Lacrosse Championship, rainy Dunning Field in New Canaan on Friday afternoon. We were drenched, all of us, down there. Uh, and the blue wave, you know, you, you thought Staples was going to show up after their previous showing. Now they had all their pieces, but Darianne showed them the door pretty quickly. It was 3-2 early, and then it was blast-off time. I think Staples got within 6-3. And then the second half is just all blue wave and they win their first championship since 2018, which is kind of hard to fathom, but they're 18th since Jeff Braymar started the program, which is just incredible. Um, what, I mean, why, I guess that's kind of what we should be, what he should have expected from that, huh? It was more than I expected. I'll tell you that. I mean, you know, I, I, I thought it was a pretty safe theory and win, but something like that. I mean, you know, especially when you, when you look at, at that week, I mean, Staples Wilton in the semifinals. Oh, yeah. That looked, like, that looked like a close game. And here's here it's running time in the fourth quarter. And then two days later, Darian does the same thing to Staples. I mean, Darian just, just didn't miss. I mean, I think they had like eight shots wide all game. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, they didn't. Even in those conditions, it was it was spectacular. Yeah. they uh, Well, Demopolis made a few big saves early. Uh, Staples had some chances. They just missed the net a few times, but I, you know, a lot of that had to do with Darian really riding them hard. You know, you get those, uh, defensive, uh, you get the defensive, uh, midfielders in there causing havoc, the short stick middies causing havoc, the long stick guys like Erickson, those guys just completely just messing, just mess them up. They just did not look in sync. Aiden best didn't have a great game. Um, you know, Charlie Howard missed a few times. He scored a few times, but, uh, you know, a lot of their guys was just, they were just taken completely out of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Start to finish. I mean, it, uh, it was, it was, it was a pretty impressive all around performance. I mean, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing you expect from Darian in those big spots. We, we saw it a couple of years ago in the, in the state final against Wilton, the game, you know, they yeah. went to Wilton two weeks earlier and they just, uh, and just put everything together that that next day, and uh, and there it was again in the FCI final. I feel um, like Darian. I feel like Darian's just so fundamentally sound all the time that they they really wear you out that way. You know, you're waiting for them to make like a mistake that you might be able to take advantage of, and it just doesn't come. And then you make a mistake, and they make you pay for it, and all of a sudden it's out of control, and you know it's it's uh, it's over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, we, we, the last time we actually did a podcast, we actually had Dan Arestion 
And, uh, you know, we were talking about what makes them so good. And he was talking about all the things that that make Darianne so good. If you want to listen to that interview, talk, listen to it. But then the funny thing about it was the next day we go down to or that day, I feel like we went down to New Canaan and New Canaan almost beat them nine to eight. Uh, they were up. They were down six, nothing. And then next thing you know, they were up nine, eight. And you're thinking, oh, my God, New Canaan has awoken. And then uh, what? A week later, New Canaan gone. Their season is over. Uh, getting a little bit back to the top of the show, you heard Jeff Braymar talk about the CIAC seating and that he's too old to uh, fight the state. But something's got to be done here because, the you know, you, you thought when the, the brackets came out that poor Ludlow, they've been knocking on the door all season. You, you at least if they're going to be playing a quarterfinal game, uh, sorry, a turn uh, a qualifying game you thought at least Ludlow would get somebody you know that they could kind of flex their muscles and, and next thing you know it's it's new, it's new cannon in the first round and they gotta be thinking oh my goodness um we're gonna actually talk to Ludlow coach Steven Sweat a little bit later a second year coach because lo and behold it was the Falcons that took down New Canaan eight to seven in two overtimes just an incredible performance. They were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and they finally they take New Canaan down in the qualifying round, and they advance to the second round to face number four, Cheshire. They were the 20th seed. New Canaan was the 13th seed. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, we say this every year. The CIAC just I, – I, George Bonaceri was tweeting at us all weekend, Mike, and, uh, you know, he says that they just don't care. And I have to kind of believe them. You know, I, I know a lot of those guys on the, on the, the CIC committee want to do great things. And Braymar is on there. And, and uh, a lot of those guys are on there. And they just don't want to have the appetite to do anything like a football strength of schedule. I, I mean, what do you guys think? What, what, all, what should I, be I done here? I admire your commitment to the bid on Saturday when you were tweeting updates from that game. You can, every, every time you had qualifying and in parentheses, LOL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, admire, I admire that commitment every single time. It's it's such a tough thing. I mean, there has to be a better way than simply win-loss in a sport that's so unbalanced. And, you know, but, you, know you see it in other sports, too, where, you know, a, a team might be 19-1 and in a week conference in baseball and goes and gets blown out in the first round or yeah. in soccer or in other sports. Even in football, you know, you get – you get that one team that's not this nine and one goes in and then just isn't, you know, maybe, maybe the PowerPoints help a little bit. Maybe it doesn't make them a, first, a top seed, but they're still there. And it's, and it's, it's, it's a really tough thing unless you do something like the FCF does where you're, where you get a committee that, that votes to see, you know, the, the coaches vote on, you know, on, on seeding these teams once they've got a list of qualifiers and, you know, maybe is, is that, fair probably is it viable in a you know statewide might be a little bit tougher probably doable but it, I, I don't know if you can pull it off i've been racking my brain about this and i think you know I mean, jeff Bramar said seed, a seating committee which they the cic will never have an appetite for they will not do it the way the fcx does but some sort of power ranking system i mean it's something because the, you do talk about a lot of there is such a disparity in though in lacrosse and uh, you can't just do it by record. And if you do it strictly by record, then you're basically saying like, we don't care. You know, we just don't care. Meanwhile, you have the, 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 the NCAA come and wrench their field for the final four, two straight years and the national championships, two straight years. And, uh, and down here, we can't even get our seating right. I mean, you know, in lacrosse, you, you can't grow lacrosse. If and, and I also feel for some of these teams that have great seasons, they get into the tournament, and the next thing you know, you got Richfield versus Southington, 14 and a 19, and Richfield blows the doors off 20 to 1. Now, Richfield struggled against the FCAC. Southington had a great good season in the CCC, but th- is that a qualifying game? No, it's not a qualifying game. And I know Roy would say the same thing. I know Chip certainly would say the same thing. Um, Jeff has said the same thing. I It even gives the the teams that are good, but they're not FCAC good. Sorry that that's the case. You get them in that first round. Maybe they shouldn't be in a qual. Maybe the FCAC should get a buy in every single, you know, maybe the top five or sorry, the top six in the FCAC should get in 
uh, automatically and then you reseed? I, I don't know what to do. I mean, another thought I had was maybe you rank, you, you power rate it. FCAC teams get 10 points. The SWC teams get eight points and the SEC division one teams get eight points. And then from there, that's kind of like, and then everyone else gets like five and then you prorate their schedules that way. Cause that's, I mean, it's clearly that's the case. And then, I mean, I, I can't imagine the seed will be any worse that way than the way we have it right now. Any thoughts, Dave? Yeah. You know, I, I, I just look at it. I, I feel like yeah, there's gotta be a way to weigh the schedule uh, or weigh the seedings because um, you, you just like, I'm, I'm looking at, and, and, Class L girls lacrosse been looking yeah. at that, and and New Canaan and Darianne are clearly one and two in the state. The coaches bowl has showed it the whole year. The way they played the whole year has shown it, and they're one and four um, as far as their seedings go. New Canaan's undefeated, and and they you know obviously they take the one seed. Darianne gets punished for playing New Canaan twice and losing both of those games. Right, and they, they end up in the four spot. And you look at and and that's this is not to take anything away from the two teams who are second and third. Newtown's thirteen and one. Amity's thirteen and one. They got there. They played the schedule they had, and they won those games. But you know, uh, if you look at like for example, Amity's schedule, they play in SCC Division Two, and that could be weighted a little bit differently. And and I'm not saying knock them down too far because at 13 and one, right. Yeah, yeah, I totally seat, get that. You know, you know, I totally but, get um, that, but it's, it's tough to see a Darianne that's typically a state contender and is definitely the number two team in the state right now. Cause they lost New Canaan twice at number they get four punished. or any lower than two. And know? now they got to play in the semifinals, which doesn't help anybody. You want to grow the sport. You want to create site. I mean, let's be honest here. The CIC, like you guys want money, right? I mean, you're going to get people to come to these games, but you'll get more. Certainly if it's Darian versus new Canaan in a girl's final, maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not. I mean I, I'm not going to, you know, but you're still trying to grow a sport or you're trying to, and these kids take it serious. They put all their time into it. And it's just, it's just a mess. Staples of number three seed in the boys bracket. They got to play Ridgefield as a 14 seed, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They got to do something about it. And the more we scream about it, maybe they'll listen. Heck we got, we helped get the football, you know, playoffs changed 10 years ago or whenever that was, uh, I, you know, but if you scream long enough, maybe someone will figure it out, but I, I it just, it is a mess. And it's unfortunate for everyone involved because you get some really tough first round games, quote unquote, or qualifying games. And then you have other teams with cakewalks. They don't play anybody in until they get to the semifinals. And it's just not for teams like Ridgefield, uh, Staples, New Canaan, Ludlow, even Ludlow, you know, it's, you know, Ludlow's got a, let's say they beat Cheshire, which is no, no sure thing, but let's say they beat Cheshire. They got to play Wilton in, in the, in the quarterfinals, which, Sounds about right. That's mm-hmm. not terrible, but uh, you know, if if it was if Lolo hadn't been able to knock off New Canaan, it'd probably be New Canaan, Wilton in the quarter. I mean, it's just it's tough. It's tough. And then you have Amity, which even if you ask Amity, the number two boys seed, they know that they've got their work cut out for them. They're not exactly a, a high number two. They're not a legit. You know, I don't say legit. They're not a they're not a big time number two seed. They should be at least, you know, in the middle of the pack. They went undefeated, yeah, but you know, against SEC Div- Division Two schedules, which is not nearly the same thing as a Ridgefield, uh, as as a Fairfield, and they know that too. They're not, they don't on any delusions. They know that. They will tell you straight up. As it is, they'll play as a two seed. They'll play a fifteen Bristol Eastern. Sorry, they'll play Xavier, which is not a, a, not an easy team by any stretch. At eighteen seed. Um, and then, the, you know, their bracket isn't, isn't Luca. One side of the bracket is completely weighted. Yeah. And the other side is not, I, Hey, good for them. They can get through that, but, uh, yeah, something needs to change. And, uh, you know, it really, really ruins, uh, what I otherwise do, could be a great tournament. I do agree with you. I don't think the CIC has the stomach for doing it, um, as a seating committee, um, like the FC act does like with a vote. I don't, I don't know. So there would have to be some sort of formula they could come up with so that teams would basically have a general idea during the season of where they could end up in the seedings, but maybe not specific, you know, like you're not going to have the second best record in the state 
and finish as like a 15 seed. You know, you're not going to get that. It's not going to be that much of a discrepancy between where you should be or, or where you are by, based on record and where you could end up by the seeding committee. But there could be a formula where it moves a little bit so that it makes a little more sense. Yeah. We didn't even we didn't even get into New Fairfield and and uh, St. Joseph, which is Mike is on that train. He's just they're all beside themselves playing in the first round. I mean, so St. Joseph had to play a qualifying game twenty one to one over Stonington, which is not a bad team, Stonington. No. But are they on St. Joseph level? No. Why is St. Joseph playing a qualifying game? That's going to be your result. Stonington should get somebody like I don't know Granby or Old Lyme, or North Brantford, or Holy Cross, that should have been a, qual- a qualifying game. Uh, not this, and then not St. Joseph having to play New Fairfield just because it happened to shake out that they lost just enough FCAC games to to, to get that. It's just a mess. And I don't want to dwell on it too much. We've kind of said our piece. The CIC knows. I've been complaining about it all on Twitter. All right, gentlemen, before we get to all the state tournament brackets and predictions, let's go to our interview with Lolo coach Stephen Sweat. Joining us on the show is the first or second year head coach of the Ludlow Falcons who pulled off a just an amazing 8-7 overtime victory. They finally cracked the ceiling in the first of the Quigo, <laughs> the the uh, qualifying round. It's hard for me to say it. The qualifying round of the Class L Boys Lacrosse Tournament. They beat New Canaan. Coach Stephen Sweat joins us on the show. Thanks a lot, Coach. We appre- we appreciate it. Congratulations! Wow, what a great win for you guys. Your first year, first full year coaching. Uh, you know what was it like on Saturday? Oh, it was an insane atmosphere at the game. Um, Obviously, uh, a huge win for the program. Um, and you're right, you know, we, after so many close games throughout the year, falling short against Wilton and Staples and Ridgefield, and, you know, it honestly, those, those losses kind of gave us the confidence uh, and energy going into this one. And um, although it was New Canaan, a, a traditional powerhouse in the FCAC, we felt we could hang with any team. I mean, we, Let's start off at kind of at the at the top there. But the the seedings come out, and you know kind of how notorious the seedings are in the uh, in the in the lacrosse tournaments. They just kind of go by record, but they just go by record. They don't really give an account. You play into the you play in the FCAC. You play all these great teams. You're right there with them. You lose them all, so you guys get a low seed. You can't lose enough, so they get a low seed. You guys are playing qualifying rounds. When you see, you know, you knew you were going to play either New Canaan or Ridgefield, right? Wasn't it like that? in the first round and you must have been like, you can't get out of it. You know, no matter what you could do, just when you saw it, you knew you were playing, but when you saw it finally come out, you knew you had to go to Dunning field. You know, what was the, what was the feeling from you? And what were the feelings from the kids? Cause you sent, they were just like, Oh man, what do we got to do to, you know, do get out of this. Well, it's hard to believe that that's a qualifying game. Um, we felt we were a top 10 team in the state uh, all season long. And, you know, when that comes out, you kind of have to try to spin it as a coach to, to motivate the boys. Um, honestly, the message was we always wanted to, to see one of these teams again. So, you know, we have our opportunity in the qualifying round. We could have had, you know, an easier path, um, you know, into the, the tournament. But ultimately, eventually, we would have had to, to beat one of these teams that, you know, that we weren't able to top during the regular season and um, we were given an opportunity right away. So we wanted to capitalize on that. So you, you, you lose to them 13, nine and in, in it was one of the first games of the season. Uh, you guys probably, you guys weren't at full strength. Um, you know, uh, what did you take from the, the season? I mean, I, I was at the Wilton game and I, I'll be honest with you. I left at halftime. Uh, Fairfield prep was playing staples down the road. And I thought you guys looked really good. I hadn't seen you yet. And I'm like, wow, the, uh, this is kind of a statement win here. Eight, three, I think it was eight three early in the third quarter, and then I turn around and next thing I know, <laughs> next thing I know, you guys lost. Um, but you know, games like that, you know, you played all these top teams. When did you really get a sense that you guys, ha- you guys had enough pieces to be competitive and you know maybe knock off one of these guys at some point? Yeah. So I mean, we know that we don't have the depth of some of these teams, but. At the end of the day, you, you're allowed 10 on the field, just like the other team. Um, and, you know, we knew there's 
a single ball on the field. So if, if we can, you know, get dirty and pick, pick up a ground ball when we need, make a play when we need, we have a chance against these teams that, you know, have, have twice the, the size bench that, that we do. And um, in Wilton and um, when we had, a, you know, a, a lead in the second half and even fourth quarter, Staples, we had a lead in the fourth quarter. Ridgefield, we were tight till the, till the fourth quarter. Um, the lack of depth uh, really hurt us. And, uh, you know, you could see our legs get a little tired uh, towards the end of the game. So, um, you know, adjusting kind of how we do things um, out of the midfield uh, position and, and moving, shifting a couple kids to, to play more defensive midi and, um, you know, adjusting our subbing to allow our offensive playmakers a little more rest throughout the, the course of the, of the game was a, a big adjustment we had to make and knew we had to if, if we wanted to, you know, run four quarters with these top dogs. Yeah, was that, you know, you, could you just sense it? When, you, when could you sense in that game that, you know, this was different? Well, we knew right, right away they, they put the first goal in um, and we knew it was going to be a war during that game. Um, Aaron Field, who's, who's one of our sophomores, not necessarily, a, you know, a, a heavy dodger for us. Um, he stuck one in with his offhand with two seconds left in the first quarter to give us a 3-2 lead. And, you know, the energy on the sideline was was unreal. And, you know, as a coach, you, you love that, but you also kind of need to, to temper that excitement because you know it's a long game and, and we have to earn every minute up there. So, you know, you can't get complacent at any time, especially against a, a team as talented and as deep as new Canaan and we know that they would continue to punch and, and we'd have to, to just stay standing. Um, you know, you get a couple big saves, you get a couple uh, big ground balls. And, and as the minutes tick away, you kind of believe a little more that, Oh, okay, this, this could happen. Little has never done this, but you know, this is a, this is a, a different team and a different mentality. One of the things that kind of struck me in your game, well, first of all, at the end of the, at the, I believe it was at the end of the third quarter, Busby makes a save on you guys that, you know, really could have shifted momentum. I kind of worried there for a minute, you know, uh, that, well, you know, level that might've been their shot right there. But another thing that struck me was that their top guys, you know, Ryan Coyone and Chris Kinnett, you know, you guys really frustrated them. They were trying to do everything they could to really get some distance there and, you know, you can never contain guys like them, but well, just tell me about the defensive effort you guys had on them. Yeah. Well, firstly, I mean, those, those guys are so much fun to watch um, and have nothing but respect. And, and I had so much fun watching them throughout the season. Um, and, you know, we just knew that who their guys were and just knew we had to, had to slide hard to the body and, and be disciplined and, and communicate well on the defensive end. And at the end of the day, our goal is just gonna have to make some tough saves. You know, a lot more has to go right for us to beat a team like New Canaan. And, um, you know, it, we, we got a, a couple of, of breaks. Kinnett uh, missed the goal a few times and, and he usually sticks, uh, sticks those. Um, but, you know, those, those players are, are unbelievable and they're gonna, going to uh, move on to do amazing things at the NCAA level. Uh, and we're just happy we were able to contain them for a, a game. Yeah. Well, certainly. And then, uh, you know, you move on to play a, play a Cheshire team, another team that's, that's pretty good. Uh, well, just before I move ahead, really, just Fatter Cangeli, who gets his hundreds assists, feeds uh, Kiesler for the goal. I mean, just absolute bedlam. Describe the scene at the end of that game and what was like just – what was it like, you know, coming back to school and, and the weekend? You had the whole weekend to kind of just like savor this. Well, firstly, in the moment, I mean, overtime is you can never like plan what's going to happen in, in overtime. Um, my knees are shaking the whole time. Um, we, we have a couple bad pass turnovers and the thought is, well, we had our chances. This is just going to be the story. We had a good run and took them to the the end and just came up short, but our, our guys, uh, you know, who have in the past been susceptible to runs and compounding mistakes really were mentally tough in, in those final moments. So I commend them for that. And, uh, the scene 
as soon as that that net moves you just hear the the roar of the players behind you the wave of blue rushing past you uh it's an amazing feeling as a coach to 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 see the the joy and know that you know those seniors earned a, another few days with the boys um you know hearing the parents uh, after their unbelievable support over you know four years as well for for some of them those senior parents uh just to hear that you know and and witness that it was very cool i i, I couldn't rush onto the field myself i i really enjoyed staying on the sideline and and really taking it all in and um you know after the game hearing from all the alumni who would text me uh parents in town um you know the the support around this team is incredible and you know i feel the love in in the community so you know love uh that i get to do what i do and you know it's really not possible without you know the, the hard work of our obviously players and uh parents and the families around us so you get the job two years ago and then you had to all of a sudden smash you get covid you, you got a hit and uh you know how tough was that? And, uh, you know, when you guys come out of the gate here, you get into the season. I had a lot of parents, you know, I talked to one of your parents that, you know, that there was something different about you guys this year. And, you know, you can kind of talk about some of the, maybe the seniors or some of the players who helped you with that, but you know, you guys were next level. Like that was the thing you didn't, you weren't winning all these games. You said you thought you were top 10 all year. You guys were certainly in all those games. And usually that's not the case against the top tier, you know, and they're like, look, Lolo somehow has elevated its game here. So watch out for them. What a few people around the sport were telling me. And so that's why I saw your Wilton game. And I, w I came away, even though you lost, thinking, yeah, they're, they're up there now. They're not part of that, you know, also ran group. But just tell me how, you know, we come in, in getting the year that you had, the COVID year, and then come into this season. You know, tell me about the challenges you had to face to get to this point. Yeah, of course. So, you know, getting hired and, uh, late summer 2019 um there's a lot to do off the field as a coach that you know i hadn't been used to this is my first time uh you know as a, a head coach and in the fciac it comes with you know extra responsibilities and expectations and uh you know we had a great uh group of 2020 seniors that were you know they were able to buy into uh kind of the culture that I, that we wanted to set and uh, they unfortunately lost their season along with, you know, everyone else and every other senior in the country. And uh, I knew that, that we did have a great group of 2021 leaders and 2022 leaders. So, you know, I love letting the players create on the field. Um, I understand as a, as a coach, it's, you know, my responsibility to make sure that they're you know, prepared and, and motivated to play. But at the end of the day, I, I can be in command of everything, but I, I'm out of control when it, when it comes to the on-field stuff. So, you know, those kids, um, their ability to, to create and, and recognize and read situations and exploit matchups, a lot of that is on them. And it's, you know, through our, the way we practice, the way we compete against each other, uh, the way we train in the off season that uh, kind of gave us that extra confidence to say, well, you know, we don't have the roster. Uh, we have the D1 of, of some of these teams, but you know, we're going to work harder than everyone and we're going to be more of a team than everyone. Not to, not to, you know, disparage any, any other team, but uh, you know, as a coach, you, you kind of want to, build, build that culture and motivate them in that way. Um, you know, and one way that's manifested itself is at the end of each game, uh, you know, I, I give a brick to a, a player who kind of embodies that, that hard work in blue collar, grinded out culture. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's been, been fun for those kids to, you know, want to earn that brick. Um, so, yeah, honestly, it, it's been a great group of leaders and I'm not ready to say bye to our seniors yet. And I'm happy that they feel the same way and they, you know, were able to go to work against McCain and get it done. You guys, uh, another part of being a, a coach in Fairfield is the competition you have. You know, it's a two 
school town. There's a lot of talented kids who play lacrosse in Fairfield, let's be honest. You have Fairfield Prep sitting there. You have other options. You know, kids go everywhere. Um, but Loveland's had its sh- fair share of, you know, great players that come out of there. I mean, one guy comes to mind because I'm a Syracuse guy is Mitch Wyckoff, who ended up there. Um, so you guys are right there. Now, how do you kind of, I mean, is, is, a, is a thing like beating New Canaan and moving on and going far in the term, is that a thing to kind of say like, hey, you know, Ludlow is a place where we're going to be playing great lacrosse. So, you, you know, if you want to stick around, please do. I think so. And, and hopefully uh, other people feel the same way. It certainly turned a lot of heads and, and, you know, the, the text and support I got uh, kind of show that, um, you know, it, it's a great moment for the program. And I, you know, I, I would want people to know that it's certainly not the last moment. This is, you know, just another uh, brick that we're laying for a, uh, you know, a winning tradition. And I plan on, I, you know, being at the school as long as I'm accepted back each year. So um, I, I would love to, to build a, uh, a team that, that can fight for an FCAC and state championship each year. I understand it's a, it's a process and, you know, there are some forces that, that we have to fight, but all I can do is, is work hard with, with what I have, help, help the team prepare as much as possible. And, uh, you know, hopefully the, the rest will fall into place. These wins certainly help and, and turn heads and uh, there are going to be more of them. So, you know, hopefully that builds support. Um, <laughs> you know, I coach in a lot of uh, youth programs in town and, you know, having those kids be able to look up to, to our high school varsity leaders, it's, it's great for them to kind of see, you know, what's possible if, if they kind of go through the ranks and, and end up at Ludlow, they can, they can end up doing great things. I mean, could, could you feel for, uh, I mean, could you feel for New Canaan though, after winning that game? I mean, you guys were, you know, everyone kind of looking at Ludlow as the one going to be out, but you look at New Canaan, you know, they, they were, they feel like they're a state title contender every year. He must've been, that must've been tough to, not too tough though, but, but you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that uh, the, these seeding things are, it's, I don't know what the answer is. And if Jeff Braymar can't uh, convince people to change it, I, I don't know what chance they got, but uh, something's got to, got to give here. Yeah. And uh, you know, if we wound up playing a, uh, uh, I guess, less formidable opponent, opponent than, than New Canaan, we wouldn't have an issue. And I, you know, I'm not going to complain because we won the game, but yeah. it's, tough qualifying round game um and i'm not going to speculate on on you know what the best answer is but i certainly feel for new canaan right now they had they ended their season in a tough way with two straight double overtime losses i don't know if it gets worse than that um they have an amazing coach and and a, a great tradition um you know it didn't end up for them the where they they wanted but you know they'll they'll be back and, and they'll be even more hungry to, to face us next year, I'm sure. So, you know, we'll have to uh, be ready for that. But again, they're, they have, you know, amazing seniors as well. It was tough to, to see them on the field uh, in ultimately their, their last game. I know they didn't expect it probably came as a shock. And again, the, those kids are uh, great kids, you know, um, as well as players and, and you just feel for them in that moment. Well, now yeah, you can't feel too much. You got, you guys got a big game coming up on Wednesday. Just, you know, what, what challenges does Cheshire, what challenges do, does Cheshire pose? I've seen them. They got some pretty good players. They have the Wesleyan uh, coach's son, uh, you know, doing a lot of things there, but, but they've got some other great guys too. You know, what kind of challenges are you looking forward to on uh, Wednesday? Yeah. So, I mean, we're thrilled to be able to play some June lacrosse. This is great. Um, but doesn't get any easier with Cheshire coming up. They're a team that does a lot of things well, uh, especially in transition. They can uh, make teams nervous in their clear with uh, an excellent ride that they have. And, you know, today's uh, the, the uh, you know, we'll have one practice before it and we'll just have to walk through uh, kind of our options and, and see what we can do against that ride. But uh, besides that, they have amazing attackmen uh, that really scare you and, they move the ball extremely well, and it's it's going to be a huge challenge for us, um, especially coming off a big win. 
it's sometimes common for for kids i mean at the end of the day they're kids to, to kind of have this swell of a moment and then uh kind of take it easy in the next game but but you know we know we can't do that we have to prepare just the same way we need to assume this is our last game of the season and, and play like that tomorrow yeah that's keeping focus i mean you had a long weekend off keeping focus is obviously uh you know something that you, you, you got to be concerned about but then you know just looking at you look at the you look at this team and uh um and you look at kind of how the bracket's kind of falling out you got wilton sitting there too so you can't you know you can't be too complacent now i guess yeah, that's the well, big that's, challenge that's another we, we wanted after the last one but again can't look ahead of cheshire right um so coach we appreciate you giving us a little time here i know you, it's been a really busy week uh you know i hope you enjoyed your your uh memorial do you were you able to go up and watch some of the lacrosse this weekend yeah it was fantastic um you don't get tired of lacrosse so yeah, you know, it was fun to to have a practice on on Monday. Um, tell the team that most kids in the state are watching the sport. We get to play it, uh, and then you know after that, you know, take in the NCAA championship. It's amazing. It's in Connecticut, and uh, you know the support for that was great. Yeah, and, it'll be here next year too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just really lucky to to do what I do and really happy for our seniors and, and leaders and, and parents to get a few few more days with the team. Well, you know, you never know, you know, you, you maybe you knock off a Cheshire, you, you get revenge on Wilton and the next thing you know, you're, uh, you're one of the final teams in the, in the bracket and anything's possible. So I, I guess that's the, I guess that's the thing. That's the dream for every coach, you know, especially one that, uh, you know, the pedigree isn't as good or not good. The pedigree isn't as, established as some of these other powers but the next thing you know you get that one breakthrough and you know everything just kind of opens up for you but coach listen we appreciate you coming on to talking a little bit about a little bit with us congratulations an amazing win i was i was quite taken by it so and i'm sure obviously as you said a lot of people were too but the, good luck against cheshire tough team we're looking forward to seeing you down the road uh, uh, at some point yeah appreciate the time guys i you know i can talk about this game for a while, for a while, not tired of, a, of it yet. And yeah, thank you very much. All right. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, coach. And we'll, we'll talk to you. Let's take a look at these brackets. Let's get into the fun stuff. Gentlemen, we're going to start off with class S. We're going to take a look at what we got left here. The qualifying rounds are done. We're going to go to the top. We're going to go to the first quadrant, the number one seed, the new Fairfield region, new Fairfield plays St. Joseph in that one seventeen first round in quotes game and then on the other side you have hk which won the shoreline championship great story there at hk lauren Brarin, who played goalie at rpi her kids are playing youth lacrosse and uh over in the shoreline and then before the season starts like literally the night before she finds out that the head coach had is stepping down he just couldn't do it and HK scrambling they turned to her they said you're a youth lacrosse coach you got to coach the boys she has a few sons on the team including a senior and uh she takes it and HK wins its first shoreline championship which is a great what a great story that was coming out of shoreline HK plays Tolland in the uh first round on Wednesday the winner of that game will face the winner of this mega championship between or championship caliber New Fairfield, the winner of the last two Class M titles, and St. Joseph, the winner of the two Class S titles. <laughs> Mike, how do you see that shaking out? I know you were non-committal in the in our our, uh, our tournament preview. Mike, what do you think out of that one? I was semi-committal because I did have New Fairfield in the uh, final in four. In the final so I four, I, I guess I, I did make a pick without. Well, while saying I hope I wish I didn't have to make a pick. I, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be something. I mean, I haven't seen St. Joe's, but I've heard you know a lot of good things, and obviously they got some really good players, uh, you know, and they and they're always they're always solid at this time of year. And New Fairfield's got Alidi and and Constantinides and and a pretty solid defense as well. And they've, they've you know they've they've made it through everybody that they've had to make it through in the SWC, and now we'll uh, now we'll see how they do once they get out of conference. That's that's gonna be fun. It's uh, and you know it it really feels like that's 
the Class S final. It feels like, you know, yep. two years ago when when St. Joe's went up to Summers and that was in the quarterfinals on that Saturday afternoon yep. final, a little too early. Yep. Uh, just how it shakes out. HK Tallinn could be interesting, though. I yeah, it certainly. It like a toss-up. I mean, two two teams that have won, you know, conference uh, conference titles, and you know that that, that have played pretty solid. I, I can't remember. I actually did see Tallinn. To be honest, <laughs> now that I think about it, I think I saw him play Weathersfield. They weren't bad. They're right in that game, and Weathersfield needed to pull it out in the end. They won. Uh, I, I believe they won by one goal. So Tallinn really tough. They play in the that CCC W whatever it is hybrid. Um, it'll be a tough draw for HK, but HK, a great story regardless. They'll face the winner of that New Fairfield-St. Joseph game. Look, yeah, New Fairfield, they haven't been the dominant, dominant New Fairfield team. They've been, they were two years ago, but uh, they still got Alvini. They still got uh, Constantinides, and, uh, you know, listen, that's going to be really tough. If Constantinides can win faceoffs, I think they'll be in really great shape to come out of that. Moving over to the other side of the bracket, we have Bacon Academy, the finalist two years ago in Class S. They're in the number two seed. They will play North Brantford, a 11-3 winner over Holy Cross. They are the 15th seed, North Brantford. The T-Birds play in Bacon Academy in the bottom half of that. Number seven, East Catholic plays number 10, your boys, Mike. Capital Prep, the number 10 seed in the other first-round game on Wednesday. Capital Prep, you, you think they got enough moxie to take down East Catholic, Mike? They got moxie. I don't know if they have enough. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, I joked in one of my predictions, you know, I, I picked East Catholic to beat Bacon Academy two years ago and got burned. So I'll try it one more time and see what happens. Told <laughs> me twice. Shame on me. Moving down to the bottom half of the bracket, we have uh, number four, St. Paul, the WCLC champions. They will face Lewis Mills in the 413 game. And on the other side, you have Northwest Catholic. The five seed facing Summers, which is kind of a surprising 12 seed, but they they had a little bit rough. They played a tough schedule. Talk about seeding problems. Summers had a tough schedule uh, against a lot of the CCC teams like Glastonbury. I know they played um, and they get stuck with a 12 seed there. I mean, listen, there I saw them play Canton Summers. It's not your it's not your traditionally great Summers team, but with Ken McCarthy and those guys, I wouldn't put anything past them. Looking over at the other side of the bracket, we talked. We just talked about him. Number three seed Canton, probably having having one of its best, the best season the school's ever had. You have Griffin Weller, Ryan Weller, and the the head, whose father is the head coach, Chris Weller. They're the number three seed. They will. They didn't get to play their their the NCCC. Right. They, uh, they basically had a three way tie after Granby beat Canton in the regular season. Right. They, they didn't get to play their conference. They're a little upset by that because the CCC played their own, went off on their own after playing them all year, and they didn't get to play a conference final. But Canton, certainly uh, a, a strong number three seed there. Uh, great story. They, the program's only about 10 years old. They're going to play Granby Memorial, the 14th seed. Uh, in the bottom half of that, you have Valley Regional, which is I thought was pretty good against HK in that uh, Shoreline final. They have the sixth seed. They will play number 11, Sheehan. Which lacrosse is kind of on the move in Wallingford, so the Valley will play number eleven Sheehan in that. For, for your final four, gentlemen, uh, what do you think, and uh, who's winning this championship? I well, it's it's in print, so I guess I got to go with it. New Fairfield, uh, St. Paul, East Catholic, and Sheehan were my final four, and I've got uh, New Fairfield over East Catholic. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. There's a lot of these teams which are kind of you know. Have had 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 seasons where you, you you see some good things and some bad things like that. I do think Mike's right though that New Fairfield St. Joe's game, you could see after that the team just runs it out and yeah. you know that's that's the end of it. I'm gonna go with New Fairfield Bacon Academy Canton, and uh, you know what? I'm gonna pick Summers to get to get to the uh, get to the final four just for the heck of it. I know St. Paul's listening. Uh, guys, uh, maybe you guys will prove me wrong. Maybe, maybe not. But I, and I'm going to go with New Fairfield beating Canton in that uh, state championship. I, I, I don't know. Maybe just because I saw Canton. Who, who knows? But New Fair, listen, New Fairfield is a class of this division. We move over to Class M, which is you want to talk about tournaments. Where we have no idea what's going to happen. This is it. Um, it's all over the place. Mike alluded to it in his tournament previews. Let's start at the top. Let's go up to the top of the bracket. East Lime is your number one seed. As Mike said in his preview, 
Congratulations, East Lime. You're the champs. You're the number one seed. You get Notre Dame West Haven, number 16 seed <laughs> in the uh, first round on Wednesday. That's a tough draw for them. At the bottom there, you have Avon, the number eight seed, and Farmington, the number nine seed. Would anyone be shocked if Notre Dame, which has not had a great year at, like it did a few years ago, would anyone be shocked if Notre Dame came out of this bracket? I would not. No, no, not at all. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. That it, again, this it's tough. It's tough with the with the way they got this. They see this Notre Dame. I, I, you know, I have not seen Avon. I have not seen Farmington, but uh, Notre Dame is. You know, they play in SEC Division One, and uh, that's a tough. You know, they played a lot of pretty good teams. Notre Dame. So I like them coming out of there. Number four, on the other side of that bracket, number four, Weston will play Poprog, a 21-2 winner over EO Smith. Poprog out of the SWC. They got to play their SWC, and I believe they won the last time out, right? They're, uh, yes, they did beat them twice. It's I, I think Weston has a pretty good shot to to, to come, out of that, uh, come out of that quarter. Number five, Watertown, which uh, played the WCLC final. And number 12, Woodstock are the, is the other side. I mean, I look at that bracket. I just say Weston all day, every day coming out of that one, even though they did, they, they are the SWC runners up. Moving over over to the bottom of the bracket, number two, Weathersfield, a pretty good team out of the CCC. Uh, they will face Brookfield, a 5-4 winner out of Waterford. That opened my eyes a little bit. I thought that was interesting. Waterford has been a good lacrosse program out of the ECC, and Brookfield just beat them by a goal. Weathersfield, I think, has got some firepower. Uh, that is the 2-15 game. And going down at the bottom bit, Massac, a number seven team, a team that's been like Ludlow, you know, in Class L, has been kind of knocking on the SWC door a bit. Um, and they're the number seven seed. They play Fitch in the other first-round game on that side of the bracket. Um, any thoughts on that bracket? Mike, have you seen Massac? I have not. I came close to seeing them once, but I uh, have not. Um... I went with Weathersfield in print just because uh, I'm a hockey guy, probably. Um, they've got some guys that uh, that have had some success out there, and then they've had a nice little season this year as well. Wouldn't be surprised if Massac uh, did something there either, but uh, that's just the way I went. I'm going to have to go with Massac in that one. Massac coming out of that region, the Weathersfield region, um, just plainly because they're an SWC team, although I could see Weathersfield doing it as well. Those are obviously the top two teams out of that. On the other side of the bracket, Barlow, the three seed, will face SWC rival Bethel, the number 19. Barlow defeated Bethel in their in their matchup this year, 19 to two. Bethel not quite at that level yet. In the bottom half of the bracket is the SEC Division One runner-up versus the SEC Division Two runner-up, Hand versus Lyman Hall. Lyman Hall, of course, played great. In that SEC Division II final versus Amity, you thought Amity was going to roll away with it. They forced overtime until falling late, but they played great in that game. But do they have enough to, to play and beat number six hand, which just cracked the top 10 for the first time? They played pretty well. Take out the first quarter, actually, of their SEC Division II final versus Fairfield Prep, and they played pretty well. They were down 6 nothing, uh, but in the second quarter, Ryan Bordieri, their goalie, who I thought played great once he got the jitters out, started making a lot of saves, and then they started scoring. I got to think the hand in this bracket, at least in the maybe in the entire tournament, is probably one of the best teams in Class M. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I mean, you know, since very early in the season when they played a, a bunch of, uh, I think they played three top 10 teams in a row and, and, and gave up some goals. Hand's been really stingy defensively, and it seems like the goalie's been been in on that every time. This is this is another little corner of the bracket where you know you kind of wish the seating had broken differently because I think Hand and Barlow are probably two of the top four teams in, in, in the class, and, uh, and it's going to be a tough uh, tough out for one of them. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Hand's Hand's the class of, of, of this class here. So what do you think? So we got. I think we all kind of agree Notre Dame, West Haven, probably the, the team coming out of there. Weston coming out of the top side. And then kind of a toss-up. We we kind of don't know quite whether it's Weathersfield or Massick. And then the other side, whoever wins the hand-barlow game, I believe that's Saturday, we'll, we'll get to the Final Four there. And who do you guys like for a champion? Mike? I've got hand over Weston. 
I, I like I like Han too. I think I, you know I, I just think I'm looking at their their schedule and I, I like the teams that they played. Their losses are you know against solid teams. I mean, they played Wilton 10-8 with a, that was a loss, but um, and and prep nine six late in the season. So you know th- those games really set you up well for a deep run. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to go with Hand over Weston in the championship on that one as well. Moving over to well, look class. Class L to me is Darian's going to win it all, but where is everyone else going to shake out? I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's the only intrigue we've got there. Darian is going to win Class L. I mean, unless somehow they face Ridgefield in the final again and Roy does one of his things, holds the ball for, you know, 80 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I, New Canaan's gone. So, you know, even that mystique is gone. Does Fairfield Prep have what it takes to knock off Darien? And we're looking up at the bracket. They play Glastonbury. Dave, you saw Glastonbury play Darien uh, earlier. It was a rout in this Glastonbury. Good program, not quite at their level. And then Fairfield Prep, Greenwich. I guess the, the question is, if Fairfield Prep can get by Greenwich, do they have enough to take out Darien? And that's that's such a tough call. I mean, you know, Darien kind of is it doing it. It is. It is. It, 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 you know, it, it, or, or I'm saying it's a tough call for them to take out to, to take out Darian. I don't oh, know that I, gotcha. I, I would go that far. Um, you know, Darian's just been taking it to everybody, even against New Canaan in that ten to nine game. They were like we were talking about. They were they were up six nothing. So they yeah. come out of the gate against people, and they just they just like they step on your neck, so to speak. You know, they 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 take it right to you, and you know, a lot of times that just eliminates these. You know these teams that are coming in as underdogs. You have the Darien Mystique, and then they do that to you, and it's kind of like, you know, it's a done deal already. And um, yeah, I think in the New Canaan game, the difference was that I, I don't think New Canaan, you know, really um, succumbed to that kind of, that kind of Mystique at that point. They they were able to come back, and it was six nothing, but they were able to get something rolling. Um, I don't see other teams being able to do that. I think, it, uh, listen, Darian's got tremendous depth. They've got tremendous just pieces, defense, midfield, goaltender is probably the best in the state. So, you know, I guess the only, you know, Achilles heel is that they do tend to get gassed a little bit when they get out to these big leads. And it's just up to the defense and Demopolis to hold them off. New Canaan was the first team I actually saw that came all the way back and actually took a lead. You know, we've seen other teams make a run but they just don't have enough. Minicus is too good. Jamison Moore is too good. The Picornies are good, especially Brady Picorni. Too good, I think. And then you got Erickson, those guys on the defensive side. I just think it's going to be too much. Fairfield Preps, best days are ahead, though. They are a very, very young team. And, I mean, you got freshmen, sophomores doing all sorts of things out there. I mean, uh, Marco Fermender's goal in that hand champion, uh, in that SEC championship against hand was ridiculous. You know, uh, their best days are ahead of them, but they also have senior leadership in Mason Whitney, the SEC Player of the Year, and then you got the goal, the goaltender uh, Sammy Cargill will play pretty well against Hand. I don't know. I, do they beat Grants? I probably, I think they do beat Grants, especially at home. Darian might be asking a little bit too much. Mike, have any thoughts on that? I agree with you there. It's kind of the age old question of, you know, what point are freshmen not freshmen anymore? And then right. you can pretty much include sophomores in that as well in, in this crazy year. And, you know, if, if, if they play like they're like, like they're not freshmen and sophomores, then they got a chance. If they don't, it's going to be a really tall ask. I mean, I don't see anybody being there in this. I was going to say the, the other aspect of this now too is now these teams are facing a Darian team that, kind of survived the scare you know they were kind of rolling along they didn't get pushed by anybody then new canaan pushes them takes a lead and now it's like okay it's a bit of a wake-up call for the team a team you may may say that didn't need one but you know i'm sure jeff braymeyer is using that as a as a learning tool and you know this team is kind of like okay now we're taking everybody seriously even when we have a six nothing lead with with New Cannon out, Fairfield Prep and Staples, I think, are the only two teams. May, whoever, I mean, unless Ridgefield you know, suddenly gets Kuiper Hoska back, uh, uh, you know, they might have an answer for him. Might. That's a big might. Um, but anyway, so let's go on to the other side of the bracket. Obviously, New Ludlow beat New Cannon 8-7 to seven in two overtimes. They will play Cheshire team 
that has been up and down. They got upset by hand in the SEC Division One tournament semifinals. That was a little surprising to me. This looks like a pretty tough bracket here. Ludlow obviously has what it takes to beat Cheshire. And then you got Wilton sitting there at number five. They got to play Ward. I think Wilton wins that. And it's a matter of who who wins that Cheshire Ludlow game. Do you see Wilton being uh, getting knocked off here? I, I lean toward them getting through. Um, if they play like they did it at Staples, it's going to be tough for that to happen. But uh, they they have the depth. They have you know they have the talent. And if they they piece it together, I think they're they're the best team in that quarter. Wouldn't want to bet against Ludlow right now either. But uh, it sure seems like Wilton. Okay, moving down, we have the the Amity side of the bracket in Class L, probably the weakest one of the bunch. Uh, Nary and FCAC team to be found here. You have two SEC teams, Amity Division Two, the top, the, the number two seed, and Xavier, an SEC Division One team, sitting there in 18. And then you have Hall and Newington is the other seed there. The Hall, Hall faces Newington, the 7-10 game, and Amity faces Xavier. Uh, what do you think of this one? I think this is obviously the weakest side of the bracket. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's funny, I, I mentioned, it's been a long day, I forget exactly where I mentioned it and all that copy, but you you had a, uh, a Monday, last Monday, you had a uh, the bracket as it stood and it was like, it was it was perfect. It, it divided the, the top eight teams up almost perfectly. And you know, and, and here we wind up with with this one. But I mean, you know, nothing against, nothing against these teams, but uh, it's, you know, it does look like like that Amity Xavier winner probably gets through it. Uh, Amity got the Coughlin brothers, and, and you know, they've 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 been perfect. They're sixteen and zero. Xavier playing a tougher schedule could be interesting. Could be fun. And Hall and yeah. Newington have pretty good years too. I mean the CCC and uh, you know could be two two really good games, and then uh, one more to see who who goes on to to the uh, to the quarter. I mean, I would, I would like Amity, but Amity got, got, they got pushed to the limit, and I was a little shocked by that against Lyman Hall. And I thought, you know, I thought the Coughlin brothers, who are great, uh, let's be honest, they are. I mean, Patrick Coughlin is a freshman. I can't wait to watch him as we go forward here. And obviously, Jack, we get him for another year after this. But uh, Jack's going to Navy. Jack, Jack's probably the best player in this side of the bracket. That's not a stretch to say. And Pat's probably right there with him. But, uh, you know, that Xavier game is going to be tough. I think Xavier just has a little bit more depth uh, overall. I mean, it's going to take so, an unworldly effort by the Coughlins. And then you have Hall Newington sitting there. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Xavier in this one, guys. Mm-hmm. Looking over at the other bracket, you have number three, Staples versus number 14, Ridgefield. <laughs> oh, my God. The last time these two teams played, Staples needed a, a late rally and then a turnover just to close it out. Um, and you know, I, I, Aiden Best played great in that game, and so did Kozlikowski, the goalie. I think they're great. I mean, their dismantling of Wilton really was an eye-opener. Uh, I don't I don't know what Richfield's situation is. I mean, they, they can beat Staples for sure, but then they can also get Mercy rolled by Staples. We've seen that. On the other side, you have six Simsbury versus 11 Newtown. I don't think either of those teams has got what it takes to either take down either Richfield or Staples. I like Staples coming out of this. I don't think that's much of a stretch. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think I, I think Staples is a, they. I think they squeak by in a, in a uh, in a tough first round game and then just you know kind of glide into this into the semis. Okay, so I mean, look, uh, Darian. I, I, I like Darian Staples rematch here I, I, in the in the in the Class L championship. Maybe Staples. Listen, Staples realizes what they they were kind of ran into a little bit buzzsaw maybe they got a little uh a little too confident after the beating up wilton like that maybe they got ahead of themselves i think this would be a nice humbling experience especially playing a tough team like ridgefield but then again maybe ridgefield's got a got a uh few tricks up their sleeves maybe been really quiet uh since bowing out of the uh fcac tournament darianne you know they were didn't play terribly against darianne in that game that fcac semifinal. But, uh, you know, Richfield, we keep waiting for them to really just explode and show us something. But, uh, you know, obviously the Prochaska injury has been tough. I'm not, I don't think that they're going to uh, advance past Staples. But like I said, you never know. I think whoever wins that game, though, however, will go to the final and, and get a crack at Darianne in the state championship. But, you know, as I said, Darianne is tough. 
Anyway, so uh, why don't we quickly just, uh, that's the boys tournaments. Let's just quickly get Dave's take on some of the girls. We're gonna start our class as number eight, Old Saybrook will play number eight, Sheehan on Friday. Number four, Tom will play number 12, Weston. Those two, the, the winner of that will face the Old Saybrook Sheehan winner. Number two, Ellington versus number 10, Stonington on the other side. And number three, New Fairfield versus number 11, Laurelton Hall. Any any surprises here so far in Class S, Dave? Not not really any surprises that I'd see there. I, I think the two um, SWC teams that you got in there, Weston and um, and New Fairfield right now. New Fairfield, of course, the defending champs. You know, I feel like those, those are the two teams that you'll probably see in the finals. Um, you know, um, and I'm, I'm just looking here. They, they did play each other, I believe, twice this year. Actually, they have it one where, where New Fairfield beat Weston 16 to 11. But that, they, um, the, uh, the, the SWC had, has, has a good mix of teams right now. There wasn't, in past years, New Fairfield has kind of rolled through everybody. And, and this year, they kind of had some, with between Newtown and Joel Barlow and, and yeah. Weston and, and teams like that. I think that, that those are, um, they, they had some solid games, very competitive with each other. But I, I just see those two teams making it through to the final and, and S. Didn't Barlow win the SWC championship? Yes. Yeah, they did. Seven to four over Newtown, yeah, which so Newtown was one seed. Yeah. Really interesting there. All right. So who do you like coming out of this? Uh, you know, if I, if I, I, I will say New Fairfield, the repeat um, and, and that right now. Um, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Weston knocking them off. But I'll go with New Fairfield here. Moving over to Class M, here are the quarterfinal matchups on Friday. East number one, East Line versus number nine, Pomperog. Number four, Barlow versus number five, Fitch. Number two, Sacred Heart Academy, the SEC Division Two champs, right? Yep, SEC mm -hmm. Division Two champs versus number ten, Saint Joseph, and SEC Division One champ Guilford versus Massick, the number six seed. What do you think of this bracket? You have. East line still alive, mm -hmm. but uh, Guilford lurking. Guilford, yeah, I feel like you look at this and Guilford is the team to beat. Um, you know, they've they've played well all year. They've they've got some, you know, they've they've got some very. They've got, obviously got um, uh, Maddie Epke Maddie in Epke. there. Their uh, their goalie Sydney Widlitz has played great, and she's a veteran. She's she um, she was an MVP of the SEC final as a freshman two years ago. I just feel like they're they're the they're the team to beat right now. If they get knocked off, that would be an upset. Um, I was impressed in the SWC final with the way Barlow's defense played. They have an excellent they have an excellent um, goalie, um, and they, they've got some. They had um, just uh, looking here. Um, they're uh, you know they have a they 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 just have they just have a solid lineup. Um, Bella Michelli is is an awesome just an awesome two way player. She's going up and down the field. Um, I just feel like their defense, the way their defense played, they play in a lot of these low scoring games. They they gave up one goal in the second half to Newtown in the final, and they shut out New Fairfield in the semifinals in the second half. Um, and I feel like they're they're a dangerous team. I think that's your finals matchup. I think it's Barlow versus Guilford. Um, Barlow will be hard pressed to beat Guilford, but with that defense, you know, on, on a given night, they could be able to do it. But I'll go with Guilford overall. Guilford's got some uh, some payback uh, for St. Joseph knocking him out of the last term, the last Class M tournament in 2019, 14 to 10. Yes. And it was St. Yeah. Joseph going on to play East Line, which won the, the state championship in that one. So uh, Guilford's going to be looking for a little payback there if they can, if St. Joseph gets by Sacred Heart Academy and Guilford gets by Massac. As you said, Guilford's uh, a favorite there. And then, of course, yeah. the defending champs, East Line. Still sitting there. They got a tough one, Barlow, probably, in that other uh, side of the bracket. Moving on over to Class L. And as we mentioned at the top, it is a shame that New New Cannon and Darianne are on a collision course in the semifinals of this. That opens it up for the other teams in the bottom half of the bracket. You have number three, Amity, the SEC, what were the SEC Division II runners-up, at six, number six, Simsbury. You have number 15, Greenwich, number seven, Ludlow in the other game. And then you go up top, and there it is. New Cannon versus Wilton and Darianne versus a pretty good Cheshire team, but probably not Darianne's caliber. No, Ch Cheshire, Cheshire, to their credit, they go out of conference a lot. They play these teams. They play New Canaan every year. They've, they've, they, they just 
they set up a really, really, um, really tough schedule. And they have players there. I think Darien is a little bit too much um, for, for them in this. If they were, I'll be honest, if Cheshire was playing like a, a Ridgefield or a Greenwich or somebody like that, I would give them them a shot there. But against, if you're looking at the FCAC, the top two teams in the FCAC, McCain and Darien, you're looking at the um, you know top two teams in the state. I just don't see either one of them getting knocked off by anybody other than the other one, you know, the two rivals. Um, the New Canaan-Wilton one is a, is an interesting game because Wilton is like, if you if you take those first two teams out, New Canaan and Darianne, Wilton is, is number, they've been number three in the poll all year. Um, it's also Kristen Wood's alma mater. Um, and, you know, they've, they've played tough this year. I just don't, I don't know if they they're gonna they're they're ready to knock off um, a New Canaan. Uh, New Canaan when they played earlier this year, New Canaan did beat them eight to six, so it was a close game. And they they have a they have a very good goalie. They have a great goalie in Amelia Hughes, who's going to go to uh, I believe Princeton to play. So um, you know that that could be that could be a kind of an X factor. But I, I just don't see. I, I I think collision course is the best way to describe it. It seems like New Canaan Darien round four is going to happen next week um, in the semifinals. Yeah, and that will be the state championship game. Uh, I mean, unless someone on the other side, Granish, Ludlow, Amity Simsbury wants to make an, a massive upset, but uh, we're not quite there, I don't think. But Well, well the, the interesting thing is on that other side of the bracket, it kind of, it kind of opens up. Ludlow and Greenwich, Greenwich is good. Ludlow's had a great, great year. Um, Kaylee Summers, the, the sophomore, has been... Um, I believe it's pronounced Callie Somers. Her amazing. She, she's Great just player. had an amazing season, and um, you know she wasn't a name I had heard too much about coming into the year. She wasn't on my top twenty-five players to watch, but there's always somebody who gets in there, and she's just been lights out the whole year. And they they have Cal, Cal, uh, Callie Cirilli, who's a senior, who's excellent. I believe she's going to USC to play. That's a team, um, you know that. That's a team that you could see go into the final this year. I don't know. Again, they're another one that could can play with New Canaan and Darien, but I don't see them beating them. Uh, they played New, when they played New Canaan earlier this year. It was eleven to seven, and I believe they scored a couple of late goals to to make it that close. So, I mean, that's a good showing against the New Canaan. But um, again, I, I you know if they make it to the final, that's that's great for them, and it's already been a fantastic season for Ludlow. All right, Dave. Well, we appreciate it. I mean, you got New Canaan winning it all, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's it's interesting. When I, we were going into the FCAC final, my thought was whoever won that was the other one was going to come back and win the States. But I, I don't know. New Canaan's just look so, you know, just look on a mission. So athletic, yeah, on a mission. They're athletic. They're fast. They just seem to be doing all the right things right now. And Darian, to be honest, they looked a little out of sorts in that game once um, they fell behind. So, um you know, they're still Darien. They could definitely still step up and um, and make it a game. And, and that's not going to be easy, no matter what way you cut it. All right. Well, we appreciate you giving a little, a little insight to that. Obviously, there are going to be plenty of state championships in that next, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after at Benel. Mike, Dave, thanks for your insight throughout this Poise Lacrosse Tournament podcast. We're doing it right in the middle of things, but we pre I appreciate you guys coming on. Can't wait to see what happens on Wednesday and what happens the rest of the tournament. But uh, bottom line is the CIA's got to fix the seating. But until then, let's have a little fun out there. huh? For David Stewart and Mike Fornaby, I am Sean Patrick Bolle. This has been the Longstick Podcast on Game Time TV.